American soccer fans, welcome to episode 64 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. This week, we are between World Cup qualifying windows for the men. The women just completed their October window, a pair of friendlies against South Korea. And we have a couple of weeks before the next international window, which, as you all know, is a huge one for the men. The home World Cup qualifier against Mexico, that will be in Cincinnati on November 12th. And an away qualifier against Jamaica on November 16th. Unfortunately, that game, for those of you traveling to Jamaica, will be without fans. We will talk about that a little bit later. But I thought it was a good week to turn to you all, the fans, to answer some of your questions about any of the teams, mainly the men's national team is where we got a lot of the questions, and take the time to address some of the issues you think is pertinent right now. So, this is a mailback episode. We have a few questions that you all submitted from the SSFC community, and I want to answer those. Thank you to all of you who submitted questions, and I apologize in advance that I couldn't get to all of them. But we had some incredibly good questions that were left on the editing room floor. We have some incredible ones that we're going to answer today. So, let's get into it. We begin with this question from my friend Robert Hushka, and he asks, quite simply for the men's national team, how screwed are we at the striker position? He did not say screwed, ladies and gentlemen. He used a different word that has been edited out for this episode. But what I think Robert is referring to is the fact that right now we have a question mark about our striker position. And it starts with Jossi Zardes, who was out two to four weeks. With injury, you have Christian Pulisic, who's just coming back from injury. You have Jordan Pifok, Josh Sargent, who did make the last window. Josh Sargent really has been playing very well, to be frank. Uh, Ricardo Pepe has kind of cooled down a bit, and they haven't played him as much at FC Dallas now that they're out of postseason competition, and the rumors are starting to swirl about him leaving the team to go abroad. And you have other strikers who are either hurt or just coming back from injury or just haven't been playing very well. So I'm not sure if the answer is, yes, we're screwed. Uh, I'm not sure if that is the case, but really what it means is all these guys that have the opportunity to play going forward are going to have to play, and they're going to have to play very, very well because we want everyone at full strength, of course, for this next window, especially for that Mexico game. And I don't know which striker is going to be there in Cincinnati. That is going to be a big question that we will probably find out next week when Greg Berhalter releases the roster. But honestly, when it comes to our strikers, I I don't know who I trust in there right now. I do trust Ricardo Pepe on the national team at this point. I want him to get a little bit more playing time just to keep him sharp and keep him fresh. But the honest answer is, I don't know, Robert. I don't know if we're screwed. But I do know that there is going to be a lot of question marks about who we do bring in because... Josh Sargent is a player that Greg Berhalter has relied on the past couple of years. He hasn't played very well in these last few months. I think everyone can agree with that. Jordan Pifok, I thought, has played the best of the strikers, not named Ricardo Pepe, but he wasn't called in last window. Does he get the call this time around? There's other guys out there that possibly could get called in, but at the end of the day, whoever is in that national team camp for the men's national team is going to have to show and prove. They're going to have to produce goals. They don't necessarily have to score them. That would be terrific. But producing them is going to be a must to win against Mexico and to go on the road to the office, fans or no fans, and win down there. So 
Robert, thank you for that question. We will see what happens when the roster gets released next week, but I know we will all be waiting with bated breath to see who our strikers will be in November. The next question comes to us from Jim Taylor. Uh, my friend Jim Taylor, he asks, is Christian Pulisic or Weston McKinney more important to the men's national team in Qatar? Well, Jim, I, I know you. I, I'm not saying anything that you don't know, but A, let's qualify first. But assuming we get through qualifying and we are on the trip to Qatar, who is more important? For me, it's Weston McKinney. And I think we've seen that during this World Cup qualifying window already, particularly in September when he was dismissed from the team uh, early because of his transgressions that he did down in Nashville. We don't have to rehash them, but he wasn't on the team for that Canada match and he was not on the team for that Honduras match. And the midfield greatly suffered. Transpose that to possibly the October window or really a lot of windows because unfortunately Christian Pulisic has been hurt for a lot of them the last year or so. And every time that we have gone without Christian Pulisic, we do have someone in that position that can step up. I think last window, Brendan Aronson stepped up. He's a great guy who could be there. Obviously, a lot of people have feelings about Paul Areola. I will stand up for my boy time and time again. Paul Areola can play that position. He plays it differently than Christian does, but he can play an effective game at the left wing position. But when it comes to Weston McKinney, I don't think we have a direct replacement for him. Not one that's good enough to to directly replace him. And I think that is the issue that we had against Canada. And I think that's the issue that we had against Honduras in that first half. Our midfield was just not there. Tyler Adams, Wes McKinney are probably two of the most indispensable, irreplaceable guys that we have. Because the if you go with baseball, the, the wins after replacement value drops so low when they're not on the field. So... I think Weston McKinney is our guy. He's the guy that's most important to this team. Christian Pulisic, that's not to say he's not important, but we do have guys that can step into his place. I don't know who that is for Weston McKinney right now. Uh, there may be guys who come along, but right now, Weston McKinney is so irreplaceable that when he's out, our midfield and our formation at times drastically changes. That's not the case with Christian Pulisic right now. Thank you for that question, Jim. I want to turn to another friend of mine, Joe Davis, and he has a similar question about our midfield. He asks, who's the odd man out in midfield between Tyler Adams, Yunus Musa, Weston McKinney, Gio Rena, Christian Pulisic, and Brendan Aronson? So, Joe, I think the answer to that question lies in some of these players not necessarily playing in the midfield. I think that's the key here. I think when you're looking at the lineup that we normally try out, that 4-3-3, Gia Reyna is usually playing up front. Christian Plissick is usually playing up front. Brendan Aarons is usually playing up front. While as the first three guys that you listed, Adams, Musa, McKinney, there's your midfield right there. There's your midfield that everyone probably says is the one that we all want. And uh, we just need Musa to keep coming along. Again, he's been injured off and on. But when he's played this last window, I thought he played extremely well. Now, the answer is going to be who is out in the midfield when you add guys like Kellen Acosta or Christian Roldan or Sebastian Legette. And at times, one of these three, Musa, Aronson, has been left on the bench before, but Aronson's been left on the bench normally in place of Christian Pulisic. Uh, so I'm not necessarily worried about leaving Aronson on the bench because when Christian's not in the game, 
I want Brendan in there, and most times he is in some place. Not necessarily in the midfield, but maybe on that wing or in a center attacking position. The key is when you add some of the MLS players like Areola or Roldan, Legette, Acosta. That's going to be your question. You could also throw in Busio there because Busio is starting to come along at Venezia. He's going to factor into some of these midfields. Maybe he's the odd man out right now. But when it comes to the MLS players in midfield, I think one of them is going to always be in the game. I think you're always going to have an Acosta or a Legette. The question is going to be if Eunice Musa can pull himself into that role to the point where they got to keep him on the field. Because we already know when it comes to Tyler Adams and Wes McKinney, we do have to keep them on the field. Moose is the guy. He's the key. If he can come along and develop a little bit more to the point where he becomes that irreplaceable guy, where Burhalter can't take him off the field, then we have our midfield. We have Adams, we have Musa, we have McKinney. I think that's what we're all looking for. We just need Musa to play a little bit more and get to that point where it's a no-brainer to include him in the starting eleven. So, Joe, thank you for that question. I know Joe has another one later on. We will pause here, though, for a quick break. More questions on the other side. Stay tuned. We are back and we are answering some questions from the mailbag. And I want to go back to another question that my friend Robert Hushka sent us. He let off again. We He asked if we were screwed at the striker position. He asked a similarly dire question, I will say. Uh, and this question is, which players will actually be able to travel to Jamaica? And that's a great question because... As you all know, Jamaica has been on the red list, and Jamaica themselves have had a lot of issues bringing in some of their players from England. They have not had Mikel Antonio throughout World Cup qualifying. They have not had some of their other England-based stars in their rosters so far during World Cup qualifying, and that's really affected them. So we have to go into this assuming that it's going to be like Panama, where we did not have our England-based players. So that would mean... Christian Pulisic could not play in Jamaica. That would mean Anthony Robinson, Zach Steffen, Josh Sargent, you know, Ethan Horvath, if he's called in as a backup, those guys would not be able to play. And I don't see that changing between now and this window. I hope it does, but I don't see it changing between now and next week when this roster is named or even November 16th when we actually do go down to Kingston to play this game. So it will be very, very crucial. And I know a lot of people have thoughts on this. We've talked about it when some of the rosters come out. Greg Berhalter is going to have to have some decisions about how he rotates his squad. We only have two games now in this window, not three. So we have that extra boost of energy. But you cannot go to Jamaica shorthanded. You have to bring enough guys to make it where you guys can run around And the guys can play in that heat, in that humidity that will still be present there and be able to get a result because that result is going to be important, very important. You cannot walk into the office with no fans and not get a result. That is set up prime for the United States to succeed. But at the same time, we're not going to have some of our better players there. And you have to bring enough guys to have reinforcements. 
You can't throw a lot of bodies at Mexico and then turn around and take a short-handed squad to Jamaica. That is exactly how we ended up in the position of not making the World Cup four years ago. We all know what happened there. So we have to be able to have guys that are fresh that we can bring down there. And if that means you play all your England-based guys and send them home after Mexico, and then you bring in some MLS stars or even have some European guys that are on the team but know they're not going to play against Mexico and know that they're called on to get the result in Jamaica, you do it. If it means you have to bring 30 guys, you do it. But I'm looking to see what Greg Berhalter is going to do because we've all seen where he kind of lies in this window. or We all see where he kind of lies when it comes to these rosters. He's bringing 26, 27 guys. And if someone has to opt out or someone has to back out because of whatever reason, he's not really calling in that many extra guys. Only based on injury to specific positions will he call in a replacement. So I wonder if he's going to stick with that 27-man roster and just bring guys that he knows are going to play in one game and not the other. And then there's going to be a few guys that kind of overlap in the middle and will be able to play in both. So that's going to be a very interesting scenario here, but... I would not expect any of our England-based players to play. And we have to be prepared to play without them. I think that's the that's the answer right there. We have to be prepared to play without Christian Pulisic, Zach Steffen, Josh Sargent, Ethan Horvath, Anthony Robinson, those guys. So we better have guys in those positions that are ready to play because Jamaica is going to want to get a result on their home turf. They have not done well during this qualifying. This could be a big boost to them. And we cannot give them that boost. We have to take those points and take them home and leave them to wonder if they're even going to score during qualifying. So, Robert, thank you for that question. I do move back to my friend Joe Davis. He asks about the Mexico game. Who is the center back pairing? And I think I've arrived at the conclusion that we have a center back pairing that I think is the best out there. And right now, it's John Brooks and Miles Robinson. And I think they work well together. I think the issue is going to be Brooks has not played super well lately. And can he improve on his play? And it sounds like he has this past few weeks. But when it comes to John Brooks and Miles Robinson, I think there are two best center backs that we have right now. And I think those two guys can get the job done. I'm not yet sold on Chris Richards starting in the World Cup qualifier against Mexico. Not because I am in any way, shape, or form uh, down on his development, but because he has not been put in that position before, and I do not want someone who has not been in that position before. Miles has been in this position. Brooks has been in this position, and we have some other guys that have too. Mark McKenzie's been in this position. Walker Zimmerman has been in this position. So I want those guys to be available. And I think when it comes to Mexico, you do not throw guys in there that have not been a part of this and expect them to succeed. That is a lot to ask, especially of a young group. You want them to wet their teeth on something like this. You want guys who are not green with experience when it comes to playing Mexico in big-time games. We have plenty of guys on the roster that can do that. I saved Chris Richards for Jamaica. I let him get that experience because I think he could succeed there. But against Mexico, I think the center back pairing that I would see and I would expect to see is John Brooks and Miles Robinson. So, We'll see what happens with with Greg Berhalter. Obviously, a lot of things can change. John Brooks was hurt and had to be replaced last round. So is he better and ready to play? Let's hope so. But if not, you still have Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson who have proven to be a great pairing together 
during the Gold Cup and also at times during this last window. So I think, again, Walker Zimmerman's there, Mark McKenzie's there, but I think the pairing that you go with is Brooks and Miles Robinson. So, Joe, thank you for that question. And the final question we have is has nothing to do with soccer, but it's kind of soccer adjacent. And it comes from my friend Jonathan Slate, who, as you guys know, we do a podcast together called World of CONCACAF. Um, you can find that wherever you find this podcast. But his question is a fun one. He asks, what's the best food city that the national teams have played in this year? And I think that's a great question because there's been a lot of great cities that we've been to both for the men's national team and the women's national team. So off the top of my head, there's a few places that I would throw out there initially. The first one is Austin because I love brisket and I love tacos. The second one would be Nashville because y'all know my feelings on hot chicken. It's one of the best things on this planet and I love it to death and I love Nashville. And the third is Kansas City. Kansas City, barbecue, Mexican food, burnt ends. Come on now. Uh, So those are the three that I would list off of the top of my head. And I'm trying to think abroad if there's any that I've been to that would kind of rival that. Of course, Honduras had power chicken and it had some of the best tacos on this planet. Probably the best taco joint I've ever been to on this planet. And that's saying something. I've been to a lot of them. And in El Salvador, we have pupusas everywhere, and I love pupusas. Those of you know, I I live here in D.C., and D.C. has pupusas everywhere, including at Audi Field. So I think those are the places, but if you were going to put uh, put me on the spot, Jonathan, and tell me I had to pick one, I think I'm going Austin. And I think that's just because the combination of brisket and tacos makes a great combination and sometimes you have them separately. Sometimes you have them together. No matter what, it makes for a great meal. So I'm going to go Austin for this, um, followed closely by Nashville and Kansas City. So that was a good question to end on. Thank you for that, Jonathan. Again, if you have questions for us, you can email them to me at ssfcpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We also encourage any comments or any ideas for future segments on this show. But that will do it for this Mailbag Episode 64 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Rates and reviews are awesome, and they really help. So five stars if you like what you are hearing. I will be off next week, but we will come back the week after that with a whole preview of the big window, again, against Mexico and away to Jamaica. We will be back to cover all of that. Hopefully, we may even have a guest or two to help me with that. So until then, enjoy the week off. Enjoy Halloween and take care.